When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. It's Stephen Means, it's Andrew Gillis, and it's Tuesday, which means it's time to talk recruiting, and there is a ton to talk about, especially in the secondary, where Ohio State got pretty busy over the past week and a half here, landing two commitments one in the 2024 class, one in the 2025 class. Andrew, let's start with that 2024 kid with that second, not second defensive back, but second safety in the class. Who did Ohio State add? I think that day there was some momentum that you kind of saw building for it um, where word kind of started to get out a little bit. Uh, But Ohio State uh, got a verbal commitment from Leroy Roker out of Bishop Vero in Fort Myers, Florida. Uh, That is his first year at Bishop Vero. He, He did transfer in uh going into this season so he you know he he was at a nearby school in fort myers so you know moving up on the, moving up in the world for him but um yeah he's currently ranked the uh 1153rd player in the 247 composite rankings that pretty safely puts him last in the in the class um eric mensa previously held that the the defensive lineman that they just flipped from virginia tech a few weeks ago he was number 820 um but roker joins the class he's the second safety in the class um obviously they have jalen mcclain he is number 258 nationally so now they have two uh they needed two in this class pretty badly they needed they you know i i think you look at the roker kid and you just see numbers you know i think that that was kind of the most important thing that that I noticed out of that. And then I think you would agree that they just needed a body. Like they needed somebody there to be that second safety because you hear all, you hear it all from, you know, from Jim Knowles and from Ryan day, when he talks about the defense and from everybody that talks about the defense on the defensive staff, that this is a safety driven defense. And this is a defense that is kind of built with, with the safeties doing a lot and to only have one safety in the class isn't good. So you needed a second one. Um, so they go get Roker, um, Roger was pretty, I, I mean, pretty under the radar, I guess, if that's the right way to say it. Um, you know, looking at his two, four, seven page, he only had offers from Iowa, Miami, ODU, and that's ODU old dominion. I always mix that up. I didn't realize Ohio had an ODU until I moved here. Uh, it's Ohio Dominican. So he had an offer from old dominion, uh, which is obviously in Virginia. 
and then South Dakota. So he, I mean, you had one offer in the state of Florida and that was the university of Miami. So he had, you know, not a ton working for him in his senior year in terms of, you know, major offers and, and Ohio state gets on and, and they offer him. So, you know, I, I know the Buckeyes are hopeful that, you know, they have a guy who's maybe going to outplay his ranking. Uh, but it's also fairly clear that Roker was not the first choice, maybe not even the second or the third choice for, for this class. And, you know, you had KJ Bolden and they had him, um, you know, kind of really high on their board. He was a five-star player from Buford in Georgia. He, he committed to uh, Florida State earlier in the year. So uh, that was actually just a couple of weeks ago, I think, if memory serves. I don't know. Time runs together. But, you know, Bolden goes to, Bolden goes to Florida State. So you lose out on the chance to add a true five-star player, you know, a guy that, you know, has the talent maybe to, if, even if he doesn't, he would have had the talent to see the field pretty immediately and pretty quickly. So, um, Ohio state now has two safeties in the class. Like I said, McLean and Roker. Um, and I don't know if they're going to look for a third one. Maybe you go to the portal. It just kind of depends on what that position looks like, but, uh, getting two was certainly not, not so much a want getting two was a need really for this, uh, for this recruiting class. So they're going to lose two safeties out of this room after the season. Lathan Rance is probably going pro because he's putting together another quality season. And then Josh Proctor's in year six. So they're definitely leaving. We'll get into more of the numbers with the safeties. Actually, no, let's just do that now. Yeah. Here's the expected room right now where things stand when you add in Roker and Jalen McLean as the two commits. You add those two as two freshmen. You've got Jihad Carter, who I think has another year. I think he's got that six year as a, the transfer yeah. from Syracuse, who was expected yeah. to have a bigger role this year, but he doesn't. Cameron Martinez, who will be in his fifth year as a player here, the guy who played quarterback for most of his high school career and has been playing defensive back. Not much of a role this year, but he'll still be on the roster. Court Williams will also be in his fifth year, but he's been dealing with injuries for the most of the time that he's been here. The idea with him was back when they had the bullet, maybe he would have a role there. That's how far back this goes. Andrew, you were not even close to covering Ohio State yet when they had the bullet (laughs) position. Kai Stokes came in here as a true freshman and flashed a bit, and yet we haven't heard much from him this year, but maybe next year when there's an open opportunity, we see him gain a drop, but there's going to be some open spots next year. And then Sonny Styles, who is the only top 100 recruit in the room right now, and that's going to be true again next year unless something drastically changes on the recruiting trail or in the transfer portal with some other guys. But getting into the other guy, the 2025 commit, who else did Ohio State get Andrew over the last couple of weeks here? Yeah, this one, um, you know, certainly a little bit more highly regarded, I would say, at least in terms of kind of national rankings. Blake would be out of St. Francis Academy in Baltimore. He's a cornerback. Uh, that's a big get. Uh, Woodby is a he I mean he comes from a remarkably talented program I mean for those people who don't know St. Francis Academy in Baltimore is is one of the better high school football programs just in the country Uh, they will travel anywhere anytime to play anyone Uh, you will probably if, if you have watched high school football on ESPN this year you have definitely seen St. Francis Academy show up so you know this is a kid who who plays at a high level of competition um, he's ranked number 79th in the country, 247 composite rankings. You know, he had some major offers. Um, you know, you just kind of go down his offer list. Clemson, Colorado, Georgia, Michigan, Notre Dame, South Carolina, Tennessee, USC. Like, you know, he, he had some 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 fairly significant offers, um, you know, chose Ohio State. He visited. That was the Maryland game. So that would have been October 7th. And then he commits a week later. So, you know, he, he had his commitment date kind of set. He had had his commitment date set before he visited Columbus on on October seventh. So you could 
maybe kind of see the way that, you know, things were trending and, you know, that, that trip to Columbus probably just solidified things if they hadn't already. So, you know, you add would be, that's a big get. Obviously you could never have enough corners in, in any class, especially the way that college football is going. Um, but you add would be, and, and you've got a class that in the 2024 class, you got Aaron Scott, 44th overall nationally, Bryce West, 54th overall nationally. And, and I don't want to you know, discount him, but Miles Lockhart, 358 nationally. But you've got two top 100 recruits in the 2024 class. You got three total. And then you go to the, uh, you know, you go to the 23 class, Jermaine Matthews, 51st overall nationally, Calvin Simpson Hunt, 62nd overall nationally. So Woodby's the fifth top 100 recruit in, the, in terms of the 247 composite rankings in the last three years for Ohio State. That's really good. That's very, very good. Um, especially when you talk about just the different things that those guys are going to bring and the different things that, you know, the different, you know, kind of body types that they have, you know, would be right now he's 5'11". So, you know, he's not exactly one of these beer corners that's, you know, going to show up at six foot two and, you know, grow to 240 or not 240 maybe, but maybe like 220, you know, you know, you're not going to have that kind of big type of body, but the kid can fly. Um, you know, and everything you read about this kid is that he's fast as all get up, you know, he's, he's remarkably quick. And, um, you know, that's something that really stands out. So, yeah, I mean, the would-be commit is big because you not only do you get a really talented corner, you get a really talented quarter who I think we all know that this matters. He's playing at a high level of competition out in Baltimore. You know, he's playing high-level programs from not just Maryland, but, they, you know, they go to Florida and they'll, they'll go wherever and they'll play major, major teams. So the would-be commit was, uh, you, know, I, you know, that was certainly the more impactful and I would say – certainly more highly regarded commit over the last couple of days for Ohio State. Finn Walton's gotten off to a hot start here. You add in oh, yeah. two freshmen who are on his, this roster right now, Calvin Simpson, Hunt, and Jermaine Matthews, both of those two guys, top 100 recruits. Aaron Scott and Bryce West, both top 100 recruits. Uh, Miles Lockhart's expected to play nickel here, so he's not necessarily in the outside corner conversation as much. But now you've got Blake Woodby in his 2025 class, top 100 recruit. The thing about Jermaine Matthews, late bloomer a little bit, Bryce West was a longtime top 50 recruit and Eric Scott, longtime top 50 recruit. But those three guys in your backyard, those are muskets. It's almost a bigger deal when you don't get those guys, especially when you're talking about Bryce West and Aaron Scott because of the program you were competing with to get those two guys, which was mostly Michigan for both of those two guys. In fact, Aaron Scott has admitted that coming into his Ohio State official visit, Michigan was in the lead, and then Ohio State surpassed Michigan during that official visit. So he gets those guys. I think the Calvin Simpson Hunt one is a big deal because that's a kid from Texas where it doesn't make any sense whatsoever why he's coming to Ohio State and Tim Walton went out and got him in his first initial recruiting class. And it's the same thing with Blake Woodby. He's from Maryland. He could easily end up in SEC country and he's headed to Ohio State and it makes zero sense. There's not really an Ohio connection or anything here. This is just Tim Walton went out and won a national battle. You always talk about that with Ohio State. Where are you seeing guys go out and win national battles? The quarterbacks, they make a habit of doing that. Brian Hartline, he makes a habit of doing that. Larry Johnson, every so often, has shown the habit of doing that. Tony Alford has made a habit out of doing that. And now Tim Walton is starting to do it as well. So big start for the 2025 class for Ohio State's cornerback recruiting. They lost out on Jonte Gilbert. And I'm not sure if he's a corner or a safety yet. He was a long-time commit. But that would have been a shock if he would have actually made it to signing day, given how, how early in the process he committed there. But solid start there by Tim Walton. Andrew, I've got a, I have a worry in my gut. And I think we have to discuss what that worry in my gut is, but we'll do that here when we come back after the break. And we're back on Buckeye Talk. Sign up for the text 614-350-3315. When these commitments happen, that's the first place Andrew is going. 
to tell you guys this information has happened to the text first game days. We do a lot of texting when we talk to coaches and players on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, a lot of texting during the week, a lot of texting. Do we just text a lot? It's a good time. Two week free trial, three ninety nine. After that, you sign up right now as you're listening to this on Tuesday. That gets you through the Penn State game, and it gets you through the Wisconsin game, and then it gets you through Tuesday of the following week, which I think they either play Michigan or Minnesota. I don't know that. I can't remember that off the top of my head. But that gets you through two pretty big games on the schedule. This top ten matchup against Penn State, and then next week, the second time they get a chance to go up against head coach Luke Fickle. Now he's at Wisconsin, three ninety nine. Two-week free trial. There's three ninety nine after that. 614-350-3315. Andrew, Ohio State plays a safety-driven defense, and the talent at safety is not up to par to where it would be. When Perry Eliano first got hired, I was really high on his upside here. And why? Because he had just come from Cincinnati, where one of his defensive backs was Sauce Gardner, who is now one of the 10 best corners in football, maybe five, depending on who you're talking to. And he established that early. It was a top five draft pick. And the other one was Kobe Bryant, who won the Thorpe Award that year. So you would think you were just thinking that a guy who is moving up to the level of program he hadn't been before with that reputation, what he was coming off of, what he'd be able to recruit and what he'd be able to develop. I think the development has been fine. Sonny Styles is awesome, but he's also a five star that we knew was going to be awesome. Lathan Ransom, these last two years, has been very, very good. Very good. Outside of the Georgia, he had some moments, yes, the Georgia game, he fell down, which led to the touchdown. But I think overall, Lathan Ransom has been very good the last two years. Josh Proctor is in year six and has turned into a revelation for this defense in a way that I don't think we thought would happen. We thought this season for Josh Proctor would happen like two years ago, but injuries and then getting pulled last year kind of derailed a lot of that. So maybe if you were out on Josh Proctor, this is a good time to be back in on Josh Proctor because of what he was doing. We mentioned it earlier. Josh Proctor and Lathan Ransom probably aren't going to be back. Josh Proctor for sure and Lathan Ransom probably. Sonny Styles will be back, and he'll probably be back as one of the best players in the Big Ten, maybe one of the best players in the country as a third-year guy, former five-star recruit who's got first-round potential written all over him. Malik Hartford has shown you some things that makes you think his future is bright as well. But given the way that this room has recruited, is Ohio State safety room in trouble in the near future? Well, I don't know if you want to go as far as in trouble, but you're certainly concerned and you're certainly worried. Um, you know, like you don't want to downplay getting Sonny Styles. I mean, he was a five-star commit. Uh, a five-star kid that everybody in the country wanted. Um, you know, he was a kid that, you know, he's right in your backyard. That's a kid that you should get. Um, you know, but there were a lot of schools that were after him, you know, Alabama, Clemson, Miami, Michigan, Notre Dame, Penn State, Texas. Like, I mean, this, you know, the country showed out to try and get Sonny Styles. So obviously that's a big get and, and that's a major, a major addition to Ohio State's secondary room. I do want to add one thing real quick, though. Yes, he's from 15 minutes down the street, but also his father played linebacker at Ohio State. So he's also an Ohio State legacy. Like, that's not like this is the epitome of that dude should not end up anywhere but in Columbus. Well, right. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I I do think there, you you know, you can't screw it up. You got to get him to to sign pen to paper at some point. Um, So, yeah, you you know, we're, we're, we're on the same page there. But you look at some of the other commits, um, you know, 2022, Kai Stokes, he was ranked 351 nationally. 2023, you get three commits. Malik Harford, Jaden Bonsu, Cedric Hawkins, 151, 274, and 357, respectively. 2024, uh, we mentioned Jalen McClain, 258, and Leroy Roker, 1,153. Like, they're, the development has to be really, really good. And, and that's not a place, 
that you want to set yourself up in because, you know, for example, you get a KJ Bolden and you feel pretty good that not that he's showing up a finished product, not that he's showing up ready to play, not that he's going to show up and be what he's going to be eventually, but you feel pretty good about where you're at with him just in terms of how far he would have to go to reach all conference, you know, all American, whatever, whatever, whatever level you want to say, whatever ceiling you want to say, you feel pretty good about that. Um, you know, now you look at some of these guys and these are not the more highly regarded recruits in the country, right? Like these are not the, the guys when you look at the class and say, wow, you know, that kid's coming in and he's a ready made, this kid's going to play eventually. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, I, you know, I watched obviously Leroy Roker's film when, when you, when he commits and, you know, you see some flashes. The kid can run really well. You know, he's not afraid to come up and make a hit, but it, I don't think it's necessarily disrespectful to say that, you know, you'd rather have KJ Bolden. And I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's a problem to say that. And I don't think Ohio state would admit it obviously, but I think it's pretty clear. And and they were really, they were really interested in him. And, And those are the kind of guys that you feel good about. And if you don't get those type of guys. This kind of goes back to what our conversation was about the offensive line was that the offensive line is a development position. So it makes a little bit more sense that, you know, if you don't get a a top whatever recruit that you can kind of turn them into that it's safety. Now you have to right now you have to make, you know, the 274th player like Jaden Bond. So you have to make him turn into a player that can play like a top 100 recruit. You know, you have to make Jalen McClain play like a top 100 recruit because you mentioned the the health of the room. I mean, Proctor's gone. Ransom's probably gone. I mean, if you're going to play three safeties next year, it's Sonny Styles and who? You know, Jihad Carter, Cam Martinez. Like, like who, who who's going back there with him? And do you feel good about that? Do you feel good about maybe Malik Hartford playing with Sonny Styles? Like is Malik Hartford and Sonny Styles along with insert third person here, you know, a national championship winning formula? I don't know the answer to that question. And I think the answer to that question is going to have to be based in development because it was easy to see with Sonny Styles, right? There's not another Sonny and I understand physically there's not many Sonny Styles that just are on college football rosters. I understand that. But it's easy to see with Sonny Styles that okay, that kid is a dude. And the other kids, you have to you have to work them into that. You have to make sure that they can be those type of dudes. So it, to me, this is a development thing, which would scare me because, you know, there are certain things, a five-star kid, you kind of have faith that eventually they'll figure it out or that the coaches eventually will kind of figure out how to use it. This, you have to work at it. And and this is a development thing. And, and that's where I'd be worried because, you know, you look at some of the other, you know, for here, we'll just go to the defensive line, for example. You know, you got Justin Scott, five-star recruit, 12th-ranked player in the country, Edric Houston, 21st-ranked player in the country, two defensive linemen, and you feel pretty good about their ability to to come into Ohio State, maybe not even in year one, but you, you feel pretty good about their ability to make a significant impact on the Buckeyes at some point on defense. And, you know, whether or not that is, you know, top 12, top 15 first-round pick potential, eventually... I, I don't know. Maybe you could say that that's their ceiling, certainly, but you can still be a really good player and not be a first round pick with these guys. You know, they're the way that these recruiting rankings kind of shake out. They are not that level or they're not expected to be that level player. So the development has to be really good. And that's what would worry me the most. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not worried about the development because I think Perry Eliano is showing us this year that he can develop guys. I'm worried about the talent. I'm worried about the recruiting. I'm worried well, about the, the talent. There's a limit to the development. Yeah. Because yeah. they're not. 
these are this is his second recruiting cycle as an Ohio State assistant coach, and this is this is his wins and losses so far because Sonny Styles is not him. That's not he didn't recruit Sonny Styles. He wasn't even here when Sonny Styles committed. That was he inherited him because Sonny Styles was a true freshman his first year. Here are his wins so far. Leroy Roker, that's the lowest rated, as you just mentioned, number 1,153 player, number 115 safety, a three-star recruit. Jaden Bonsu out of New Jersey in the 2023 class, number 274 player, number 25 safety, four-star recruit as well, as a guy who was expected to maybe play that bandit role. Jalen McClain, number 258 player, this is in the 2024 class, a number 27 safety and a four-star recruit. Okay, that's solid, but it's not getting it done. Malik Hartford in the 2023 class. That was the last safety in that class. They had three safeties in that class. He's number 151 player and number 11 safety and a four-star recruit. Now, Malik Hartford seems like he's on a path to outplay that, but the point of the matter is in that moment, that's an in-state safety who is number 151 in the country. Perry Eliano has not landed a top 150 recruit yet. That's not good. Part of the issue is they're swinging for the fences at safety. They just haven't landed them yet. That's tough. We talk about it with the offensive line. When you don't land these highly rated guys, eventually it's going to catch up. And how does it catch up? Go look at this 2023 roster right now. Look at what this offensive line is doing because there's a lack of talent. That's not a development issue. Josh Fryer is probably as good as he was going to be here now in year four in the in the program. Donovan Jackson is a five-star recruit who maybe should be a little better than he is right now. But I think he's... I was a little hard on Donovan Jackson last week. I think he was better on Saturday, and I think he's starting to progress now because the offensive line is being better. Carson Hensman's a year two guy who is a borderline top 100 recruit, and so he might be on his normal progression. But I don't think the offensive line is a development issue. It's a lack of talent issue, and I think that's what we're going to run into with this safety position. Here are his misses. Caleb Downs in the 2023 class, number eight player, the top safety in the class, five-star recruit. Now, whatever the reason is that they didn't get Caleb Downs, whether it was NIL-related or it's just Bama being Bama, the point is Caleb Downs is not in Columbus. He's at Alabama, and he's actually been playing pretty well this year. He's been one of the better freshmen in the country this year. K.J. Bolden, who you already mentioned, a number 11 player, top safety in the 2024 class, five-star recruit, who is Perry Eliano's second cousin and ended up at Florida State. Whatever the reasonings are that you didn't get him, the point is you didn't get him. That's going to hurt you that you lost out on that five-star recruit. Saquon Patterson. Now, they weren't as likely to get Patterson as maybe they were Caleb Downs and K.J. Bolden, where you can maybe make a case that they finished second in both of those recruitments. But number 61 player, number four safety, four-star recruit, he ends up at Miami. Corian Gibson, now this is like, he came on an official visit, but this was probably never going to happen for Ohio State. Number 65 player, number six safety, four-star recruit, he's at Clemson. Peyton Woodyard, originally committed to Georgia, and now he has flipped to, to Alabama. Number 92 player, number seven safety, four-star recruit, he's from St. John Bosco. Jordan Johnson Rebel, number 175 player, number 15 safety, four-star recruit. He ended up at Texas. There was a chance that maybe he could have been there at Ohio State, but it's the talent. He's a ceiling of what that safety room can be is going to fall off a little bit because you're asking now, it's kind of Sonny Styles as this awesome five-star recruit who is turning out to be this awesome five-star player. And now, to your point, you're asking some guys to develop to be better than maybe they're expected to be. This offensive line is showing us that that is not the place you want a position to be, especially a position on a defense where it's a safety-driven defense. Well, and I think I, I want to be clear, and I know you're not saying this. I just want people to people to understand. We're not saying that they should have every single one of those kids. Some we're not saying no. that. Yeah, we're not saying that. I can't believe they didn't get any. You probably should get a couple of them, or maybe at least one of them. You don't have to hit a if thousand. They, this isn't. Yeah, this is more like baseball than it is like anything else. 
If they had either Caleb Downs or KJ Bolden, I would be much higher about the future of the safety room than I am right now. Or, right. or even Saquon Patterson. They don't like, oh yeah, I'm not saying how dare you miss out on this guy. I'm saying, man, you struck out on all of these options that would have been guys that in year two, you're expecting to be starters for you. And now you're asking guys who are rated in the 200s to be better earlier, because if not, your safety room is in trouble. When we had this conversation with with some of the defensive recruiting, just kind of in general, I know we talked about this with KVA and you know with some of the other offensive. Like sometimes kids just want to go play for Nick Saban. Sometimes kids just want to go to like I understand that there's some other things. Sometimes kids just want to play for Nick Saban. Sometimes Keon Keeley, who decommitted from Notre Dame and then obviously considered Ohio State and Alabama and a couple other schools, it sounds like like sometimes kids just want to play for Nick Saban, and sometimes kids just want to play at Alabama. And like, I think what isn't the stat like still true where it's like statistically, if you stay at Alabama for four years in a recruiting cycle, you win a national championship. Like, like that's that, probably not as true anymore because they're they're about. Well, they're, no, I th- but I'm, I think it's been like four years removed from their last right. national title. So I don't know if it's still true, but like it was yeah. true for a very long time that like if you committed to Nick Saban at Alabama and you stayed there for four years, you would have won a national championship. And like. Sometimes kids just want that. And I understand that, you know, this is an Ohio State fan base and I understand that this is an Ohio State audience, but other programs are really good too. And, and you know, sometimes kids just look at where their future could be best at. And sometimes they look at it and say, man, I really want to play defensive back for Nick Saban. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with, you know, with Ohio State losing to a kid like Caleb Downs in a one-off. And because, you know what, this kid wants to go play at Alabama. And this kid wants to go and play at a level that is just SEC football. He's from Georgia. Like, that's fine. Like, I, and I understand that that, not might, that might not be the answer that some people want to hear, but that's fine. Like, you can lose a kid like that. You can lose even like a KJ Bolden, too, if, you know, a kid from Georgia stays down south, Florida State. You, you get the appeal, but you've got to hit some of these. And I think that that you're right. That is the concern is that, you know, with the development, you know, you could have you could train me to be the greatest whatever you could train me every morning like Rocky. And there is a physical limit to how fast I'm going to be able to run and how much I'm going to be able to lift. There's there just is. And and there's the same thing with these kids where, you know, again, to liken it to the baseball example, you can swing for the fence and you can swing and try to hit a home run. But at the end of the day, if you're 0 for 5, people are going to ask questions if there's not a few singles or doubles laced in there, right? You know, you you can swing for the fence and nobody's going to blame you if you if you don't go 5 for 5 or even 3 for 5. Like you've got to get on base somehow and you've got to start to land some of these, you know, top 150-ish type kids because those are the kids that can elevate to a different level. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't gems or whatever. There aren't kids in the lower levels of these classes that can rise above and and eventually be high first round, you know, maybe a high first round pick or maybe high high level NFL draft pick. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying statistically, it's more likely that that's what that's what's going to happen. So is 2025 a big cycle for safety? And they've offered a few guys. Now, I, I don't know if Trey McNutt's going to be a corner or a safety when he gets here. I think you can make the argument for either. They've offered TJ Pickett out of Florida, top safety in the class, number eight player. A Kanoa Winston, who's a number 112 player, number nine safety out of D.C. Jaden Hudson, number 66 player, number seven safety out of California. And then Ethan Long, number 264 player, number 18 safety, who's favorite at the 
Notre Dame right now. And that list will continue to get added to, to, obviously. It's very early for the 2025 class. But is 2025 a big cycle for Perry Eliano in terms of high-end talent that he may need to land in this cycle? Well, I think it is because you – it's – it is so freak like college football is so freaking crazy sometimes because next year is Sonny Styles' third year at Ohio State. Like there's a realistic world in which 2024 is Sonny Styles' last season as a Buckeye, which sounds crazy that, you know, we talked about this kid being so young and stepping into the limelight so early and being all of these things, but with the talent that he has, he could be gone in in 2025 and or uh what what would that be yes 2025 he he could not be around for the 2025 season he could be in the nfl in 2025 so yeah the 2025 class is absolutely huge because you know even if because styles is a little bit younger i don't know maybe that makes him a little bit more likely to stay because you know he still needs to develop more and he wants to and he can kind of afford it you know we reclassed obviously you you can buy that extra year of college and it's not really going to hurt you a ton um in terms of your earnings potential when you get to the nfl but you know you you've got to you got to remember that that you know, Styles is going to be gone eventually, and in twenty, the twenty twenty four season, the twenty twenty five season is going to be his last. And you know, if Malik Hartford is kind of what they they believe he's going to be, he could also be gone at the end of the twenty twenty five season. You know, because if if he plays like an NFL pit, if an NFL draft pick, he was a twenty twenty three kid, and that could mean that you lose Styles and Hartford after twenty twenty five, and then what do you got in twenty six? Right? What do you got coming down the line? And it's and then you you kind of look at the recruiting rankings and you kind of look at some of the talent there and you say, oh, boy, is this a portal situation? Is this, you know, you need to start hitting early? I don't know. You know, you need to get, you know, Cedric Hawkins or Kai, you need to get Kai Stokes or whatever to a different level. I, I don't know the answer. I think that there's more than one answer to this and more than one solution to that question. And I, I just think you you kind of map out where this room could be not maybe maybe after 2024 but certainly after 2025 where Sonny Styles is almost certainly gone and Malik Harford might be gone you can look at it and say what does this room look like in 2026 and i know that seems a million years away but that's what we're talking about when we're talking about recruiting and that would concern me if i was an ohio state fan i hope that wasn't too negative i just i was looking at that and i thought it was shocking that Ohio State has yet to learn, hasn't landed a top 100 safety outside of Sonny Styles. Well, and it does sound, it does seem weird because their safeties have played well this year. I think that that is kind of masking yeah. this too. Like, you don't, you're not like, I think we look at the offensive line and say, oh man, the recruiting has not been great along the offensive line for a handful of years. And now the offensive line currently is not great. And there's a clear how you get from point A to how you get to point B. Like how there's a, a clear hypothesis and a clear conclusion. And there's a clear, hey, here's here's the problem. Here's where it starts. With safety, you look at it and you're like, okay, the current safeties are playing really well. You know, they're, they're being developed correctly. They're playing very well. The, I mean, does anybody have any complaints about the safety room? I don't. I don't think anybody should. Ohio State doesn't allow many explosive plays. Um, you know, they, they do a really good job of keeping things and keeping a lid on the opposing offense. That's, I think, maybe where it can get. I, I think that that is maybe why you don't want to be too negative. Like with the offensive line, I think it's warranted. Um, you know, the recruiting has kind of been dicey. 
And but it's been, but that was dicey for a while. We we were talking right. about the offensive line getting to this point. Twenty twenty, we we did a pod back in twenty twenty one that summer about this twenty twenty three team potentially being a super team. Now some of that was built around they had just gotten Quinn Ewers and they had this awesome class they were putting together. So and it's fine. They still have a five star quarterback and they still put together an awesome class. But every position looked intriguing. And then we looked at the offensive line and we're like, ugh. That might right. get wishy-washy. And that was at a time when Ohio State's offensive line was actually really, really good. They were coming off 2019 when they had one of the best offensive lines in the country. And then in 2020, all those guys were back. So they had one of the best offensive lines in the country again. And then 2021, up until they ran into Aiden Hutchinson, who, I mean, Aiden Hutchinson's really good right now if you haven't been checking out the Detroit Lions. That offensive line kept T.J. Stroud pretty well protected. They couldn't run the ball, but that was a a variety of reasons why they couldn't run the ball. But in the past pro, that was always fine. And we kept saying 2023, things might get dicey. And now we here we are in 2023, and that has come true. For the offensive line, you're looking for the talent. When you're talking about recruiting, you're not talking about in the moment. You're talking about two or three years down the line here. Right. So right now, you're right. Really, the last two years, the safeties have been pretty good. Because even last year, for most of that season, Ronnie Hickman, Tanner McAllister, and Lathan Ransom were pretty good. This year, Josh Proctor, Lathan Ransom, and Sonny Styles have been awesome. And that's yeah. fine. But is it going to be awesome in two years? Or is it going to be something that we get to week four and we're going to, we're looking at this team and going, what can hold it back from winning a national title? Or even winning the Big Ten at that point, given the expansion coming are we going to be talking about the safety position? And the reason why we're talking about it is there's a drop-off in talent because back in 2023, they weren't recruiting at the position at the highest level possible. I hope that wasn't too negative. Just <laughs> something to think. I, I just thought it was something to think about because Sonny Styles is from Columbus, Ohio, and he's got strong Ohio State ties. Five-star recruit still, so kudos to Ohio State for making sure he didn't go anywhere. But you take him out of the class, the last time Ohio State landed a top 100 safety, his name was Josh Proctor, and that was in 2018. That's a scary place to live when your defense is, as Jim Knowles put it, a safety-driven defense. You probably need top 100 safeties. And right now, outside of Sonny Styles. You don't have that this year and it's fine, but you're not going to have that next year either. And when does that start to show up on the field that the talent isn't the highest level it can be? Anything else, Andrew, on this before we take a quick break? Yeah, you know, I think that and I think that there's also kind of there's not a one. I think that a lot of people look at it and see, oh, well, if you're down on one part of the safety operation, whether recruiting, coaching, development, whatever, I think that that they you know, I think that some people maybe think that you're down on the whole thing. No, mm -hmm. safety. I, you and I have both agreed just a couple seconds ago that the safeties have been playing really well. You can be, you can be a great developer of talent. You can be a great coach. You can do all of these things that are playing there that is playing, you know, a, as they should be. You know, you can have a safety group that looks really good, that is being developed, that is playing very well, that looks really good, and you can have no complaints on the field. You can have you can have qualms or complaints or questions or however you want to say it about recruiting, and those are two separate things, right? I, I don't know how intertwined those things really are. Um, obviously, you if you have better talent in the room, uh, it makes you look better. It makes everybody look better. But I, I think that there can be two different things. We can fully agree, and we can fully say that 
the safety room is doing a really, really good job this season. Um, you know, there's been some very obvious development there. You've seen Sonny Styles get better. You've seen a lot of different things happen that that can have you really feeling optimistic about the safety room who is currently there. But I think you can also be a little bit concerned about where the safety room is headed. And and not even that it's just going to fall off a cliff, just that for, like you said, for a safety-driven defense, you might not have that impact player like a Sonny Styles that can really, really take this defense to another level. So we're going to take a quick break after that. And when we come back from the break, we'll be a little bit more positive because Ohio State's got a top 10 opponent coming to town on Saturday, which means they've also got some really big time recruits coming in as well with in what's probably their biggest recruiting weekend of the season, given the way the season has played out. So we'll reveal who some of those names are when we come back here on Buckeye Talk. We are back here on Buckeye Talk. Sign up for the text 614-350-3315. Ohio State will play Penn State on Saturday. It's a matchup between number three and number seven. Probably the biggest game of the weekend in a week where there's actually some pretty quality football going on all day there. But that might be the biggest game of the weekend. I think that game has a chance to be just as competitive and just as good as that Oregon-Washington game was last weekend. It's a five-star quarterback on both sides of the ball. Kyle Core for Ohio State. Drew Aller for for Penn State, two of the best defenses in the country. Both of these teams have a case to be the number one defense in the country along with Michigan. So big game on Saturday, and Ohio State is expecting a vast majority of recruits across multiple classes to be in, cl- in town, both targets and commits. Andrew, who are some of the names expected to be in town on Saturday? Well, I mean, you got some some commits, like you said. Um, you know, th- there are kids that just always show up at these games. Um, Tavian St. Clair will be there. Uh, Blake Woodby will be there. We talked about them. Uh, Chris Henry Jr. will be there. Those kids kind of span from 2025 to 2024. Um, you know, I, I believe I have this right that uh, Aaron Noland will be in town as well. He'll be at the game. That's a big one to watch. Um, so, you know, th- there are some major commits that will be here. Uh, but in terms of, of targets, um, you know, obviously we, we've talked about him a lot on, um, on this podcast, uh, Carter Lowe. He's going to be at this game, and this this would make uh, two straight Ohio State home games that he will have been at. Something to monitor, something something to note. Um, you know, you have mentioned this a lot, and you have kind of told me this a lot. You know, both you know on and off this podcast that you know sometimes you always can't listen to what people say. Sometimes you have to follow what they do. And what has Carter Lowe done? Well, this is the second game in a row that he will have been at Ohio State. Now, I know he said he wants to go visit some SEC schools, but, um, you know, that's going to be a, um, you know, th- th- that's a major thing to kind of watch. Uh, Eli Lee, the linebacker that they just offered from um, from Akron, uh, he's got a really big game this weekend on Friday. Uh, Akron's going to play St. Ed's. So you've got the two twins, the Armstrong twins on the offensive line for St. Ed's. You've got Eli Lee. That's a fun game uh, for anybody in that area who wants to go see some, you know, future Buckeyes and maybe future Buckeyes. Um, I think Eli Lee, I, I don't want to put him on commit watch just yet until I talk to him. Um, but I do know that the Ohio State offer meant a lot to him. And I would presume that this would be a really, really important weekend for that. Because like you said, this is a game that you really want to watch and and you really want to be at and you really want to have a ton of kids at. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, you just kind of look at the areas that we we have talked about on this pod. And, you know, I, I look at the offensive line and that's a huge area for me. Um, so I, I'm curious to hear and, and kind of wait until the weekend ends to kind of hear what kind of conversations are had between commits and targets and what kind of things people are saying. But um, Carter Lowe is, is, is number one on my list. 
Um, you know, I want to see and hear how this weekend goes for him because, you know, again, this is this, this is the second time he's been at Ohio state this month. And, um, you know, he's a, he's a special football player and one that Ohio state really needs. So they're, they're rolling out the red carpet for this. You're right. I mean, this is, it is a little tough that the Penn state game for them is at noon because when you're bringing kids from out of state, it's just a really, really tough ask to try and get them because again, all these kids are playing on Friday. You know, this, the season's not over. This isn't a game that's happening on you know, November 15th and, you know, half these kids seasons are done. You know, this is a season or this is a game where these kids are playing on Friday at seven o'clock at night. And then they have to be at the horseshoe for a noon kick. And that means that they are like walking out of the tunnel at like 1030 in the morning. So um, it, it is still going to be a pretty comprehensive visitor list. We'll have more, um, which get the text. That is something that we'll be texting out throughout the week. Um, so I'll be, I'll be doing my best on that and trying to keep, keep, uh, you know, keep names in check, but yeah, this is going to be a huge weekend. There's going to be a lot of big names here. Just to add a couple more names to that list. Cause you know, I did recruiting for a little bit. Jeremiah Smith will be in town. He'll be Correct. bringing his teammate, Jojo trader, five-star wide receiver, same high school as Jeremiah Smith. So that's a, I mean, right now he's committed to Miami, but that is not a battle that Ohio state has, you know, get, waved the white flag on whatsoever. I think Marquise Blightfoot, who Ohio state was a long time, uh, uh, target for Ohio State committed to Miami. That's a, a battle that I might want to keep you might want to keep an eye on. Javin Box, recent wide receiver commit will also be in town. You mentioned Aaron Nolan. Another since we're talking about defensive backs, Devin Sanchez, who was a five star cornerback in the 2025 class, Tim Walton's doing work. And that's a guy where it's Texas and it's Alabama and it's Ohio State. So that's a guy you should probably keep an eye on too. But as Andrew said, sign up for the text 614 as we get more names on that list, it'll be going to your phone first before it goes anywhere else. That'll wrap up this recruiting pod. As you're listening to this, we're preparing to talk with Ryan Day and Jim Doles as Ohio State prepares to take on the Nittany Lions of Penn State on Saturday at noon, big noon kickoff and college game day, both in town for that game. And then on Wednesday, we'll be back at the Woody talking with players. I would assume it'd be a decent list of players too, because this is a big game as well. But sign up for the text 614 350 Three three one five. All information to your phone first. Two week free trial. Three ninety nine after that. And also go check out our YouTube videos at cleveland.com slash osu for all our YouTube videos. Go see our beautiful faces. Well, I think my face is beautiful. I don't know how Andrew and Nathan feel about their faces, but I know my face is beautiful. So for Nathan Baird, who's not with us on this recruiting pod, but he'll be back with us on Wednesday when we after we talk with Ryan Day and Jim Knowles. For Nathan Baird, for Andrew Gillis, I'm Stephen. And his five star face. And my five-star face. (laughs) And that was a five-star Buckeye talk.